Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. My phone number, should you wish to call and be a part of the program, 877-973-7425. Glad to have you with me here. Uh, The Democrats are on defense across the country, uh, one of which was an unforced error by Stacey Abrams in Georgia. Uh, Brian Kemp, the governor, has been all over the the airwaves. He was on CNBC earlier uh, dealing with the um, Biden administration economy. Here he is on CNBC. Well, with all, with all due respect, early in the administration, they were paying people more to stay home than to get in the workforce. They wanted to continue to spend more money and flood the system, which drove inflation up. You know, they went out to the West Coast, to L.A. and Long Beach, and said they saved Christmas and the holiday season. And the same problems that they had then uh, around Thanksgiving of last year, they still have out there. Where if you look at Georgia, we had a lot of those issues, too. And by January 1st, we had clogged the backlog. Now, we're seeing that again now because of things that have been out of our control. But again, we're working through that because we took action literally months before they ever started talking about it, expanding um, you know, land around the port where we could store more containers because there wasn't enough distribution in the system, uh, dealing with the truck issue, which was really 5 to 10% of the problem. So, I mean, there's actions that they can take. You look at this administration, literally in a year and a half, they've turned the country's economy upside down, driven inflation to 40-year highs, and obviously what they're doing is not working. And in Georgia, we're trying to fight through. We're sending a billion dollars of excess revenue back to the taxpayers right now. And Abrams, of course, wants to spend that money instead of give it back to the taxpayers. Well, Abrams, uh, Stacy, the governor of Georgia, the, the pseudo governor of Georgia, the other day I played this audio, I guess it was last week, right before the election gave a speech where she said Georgia is the worst place to live. And the Republicans have dropped an ad on her. She's on defense now saying she was trying to contextualize data. Well, contextualize this. Georgia's the worst. According to Stacey Abrams, I am tired of hearing about being the best state in the country to do business when we are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. Bless her heart. Georgia leads the nation because Brian Kemp is governor. He reopened Georgia first, brought thousands of jobs, and Kemp's cut taxes to help families deal with Biden's inflation. Brian Kemp's kept Georgia the best place to live. All right. Can I say something stylistically, lovingly? Please, can I, can I just, just... Country to live. <laughs> we are the worst state in the country to live. Oh, bless her heart. Could they have found someone a little more Southern to do the voice? When a Yankee says, bless her heart, it just doesn't, it doesn't have the same. And maybe it's not a, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's, it's some, uh, like, like multi-generational Georgian who did the, I just, I don't know. There's, there's something about the voice in the ad, uh, that just, just, I, the, the, the whole bless her heart thing falls flat. I mean, bless her heart. She, she. <laughs> George's worst place to live, but it just doesn't catch it. The, 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 the timing in the script, the way it's said, the accent it said, it just, it falls flat with me. The, the, the voicing there kind of grates. Um, no offense to the woman who lent her voice to the ad. If she's listening, I apologize. It just doesn't work for me in the ad, but it's a good ad. Other than the voice.
Abrams is on defense here. Uh, Raphael Warnock in Georgia is on defense as well. Raphael Warnock, uh, is, you know, Abrams in Georgia paid, I talked about this yesterday, she paid medical bills for like 86,000 people in Georgia, a hundred some odd thousand in the Southeast, 80 some odd thousand in Georgia. And she start, turned it into a campaign ad and said, you know, it, it, Healthcare is so bad and so expensive and people can't afford it. She paid. Now, it was a political group tied to Abrams that paid that money. The Democrats are spitting mad that Republicans have turned the tables now, and they're giving uh, poor black Democrats in urban Atlanta gas vouchers. $25 gas cards they're given to people in a Democratic area of the city that is mostly black. And the Democrats are screaming at us. You can't give water at the polls when you're giving them gas cards. How dare you? What they're really upset about is people have the means now to put gas in their car and they don't have battery cars. If the Republicans were giving Teslas away, the Democrats would not be as upset as they are the Republicans giving gas away to voters. It's absurd. They're screaming campaign violations and like it's not. It's perfectly legal. They're not tying it saying we'll only give you this gas card if you commit to voting for Herschel Walker or you commit to register to vote. They're just giving gas cards to, to poor people to middle-income people who are now poor because of Joe Biden's economy, and the Democrats are livid about it. In fact, they sent out a talking point in Georgia to tell the Democrats in Georgia that the Atlanta Journal-Constitution was accidentally sent a copy of the talking points. Uh, maybe it was talking points to the AJC. I, I, I doubt it, uh, but some people will think that. They got a copy of it, sent to local Democrats to tell the Democrats, start playing up the economy. Start telling people Joe Biden's creating jobs. Start telling people Joe Biden's been awesome for the economy. It's not going to work. People don't feel it. They don't feel it because they're feeling the pain of the pump. And to have Democrats screaming about it, it's highlighted the issue even more. Now, uh, Greg Bluestein is a reporter at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution in Atlanta. Greg Bluestein has covered the story in the Democratic complaints, and he's getting assailed by Republicans saying, oh, the, 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 the AJC, they're playing up these complaints by Democrats. He, look, he's doing his job. He's reporting. And I actually think it's hurting the Democrats. The more the Democrats complain about people being given free gas, the worse the Democrats look. That's just the reality of it. It's having a detrimental impact. In Arizona, Mark Kelly is the senator, Democratic senator from Arizona. He's falling behind in the polls, and the Republicans don't even have a nominee yet. And then there's Fetterman in Pennsylvania. This is from the Washington Examiner. Following a landslide victory in Pennsylvania's Democratic Senate primary last month, John Fetterman has not yet disclosed when he will return to the campaign trail after suffering a stroke shortly before the election. Questions remain about his health. Fetterman, the state's lieutenant governor, disclosed shortly before the May 17th primary he suffered a stroke, saying he was expected to make a full recovery. On the day of the primary, his campaign disclosed he underwent a procedure to install a pacemaker with a defib defibrillator, which was successful. Questions were raised by that course of treatment, which some reports said was atypical for atrial fibrillation, known as AFib, cited as a source in Fetterman's stroke. His campaign did not clarify until last Friday when it released a letter from Fetterman's cardiologist accompanied by a written statement. The stroke I suffered on May 13th didn't come out of nowhere. 
like so many others and so many men in particular, I avoided going to the doctor, even though I knew I didn't feel well. As a result, I almost died. Turns out he's known for five years he had AFib and didn't do anything about it. Now his campaign says they're not sure he'll return to the campaign trail until the fall. They've got to pick up Pennsylvania to have a shot at holding the Senate. They've got to pick up Pennsylvania to have a shot at holding the Senate. They have a 50-50 Senate. Suddenly you've got Dr. Oz, who's not a great candidate, but he is a world-renowned cardiac thoracic surgeon running against a man who waited five years to deal with his AFib but only did it after he had a massive stroke and has taken him off the uh, campaign trail. Uh, Absolutely bizarre. Absolutely, genuinely bizarre. In Nevada, the Nevada senator there is having all sorts of problems. Uh, What's her name? Mustos, um, um, Catherine Cortez Masto. Catherine Cortez Masto is about as popular in Nevada as drought and heat waves are. She's just as ubiquitous as drought and heat waves too. The voters there are ready to throw her out of office. She is not happy or they are not happy with her. You got the Mark Kelly situation now. If he goes, the Senate goes. If Catherine Cortez Masto goes, the Senate goes to the GOP. If Raphael Warnock goes, the Senate goes to the GOP. And you've got three of them right there, Arizona, Nevada, and Georgia, where very very likely the Republicans are going to win. There has not been recent polling out of Georgia, but most polls had Herschel Walker ahead of Raphael Warnock. Warnock has taken to running ads saying, look, Washington sucks. Don't blame me. To the surprise of many, myself included, Herschel Walker has been more aggressive out there on the campaign trail in the general election, and the attacks from the Democrats have been less muted. I'm sure they will fire up and be nasty, but it gives Walker time to establish himself, defend himself, and generate a narrative about himself that's harder for the Democrats to overcome. The Democrats have real problems, and it gets worse. Today is primary day in seven states. California. Iowa, Mississippi, Montana, New Jersey, New Mexico, and South Dakota are all having primaries. In California, you have a situation where the mayor of the the, the Republican billionaire turned Democrat, Rick Caruso, as I mentioned yesterday, could very well become the mayor of Los Angeles without even a runoff. To put this in perspective, Rick Caruso, a billionaire Republican turned Democrat, sits on the board of the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation. There, No one doubts he is a moderate Republican. But they're furious, Democrats are in Los Angeles, so much so that they're willing to side with Rick Caruso. Owen Wilson, the actor, apparently this morning found his Tesla on blocks. His wheels had been stolen. Uh, The Democrats, Hollywood actors, they're all furious. The homeless situation out of hand in Los Angeles. The district attorney, Chisa Budin, whose uh, father was the weather underground terrorist who liked Obama, uh, he is going to be recalled, possibly. He's behind. It looks like the recall might work in San Francisco. They're furious about it. Now, there's some hope for Democrats there. Because of the way redistricting works in California, a couple of Republicans have been thrown into Democratic districts, and they may be helped, but they're not sure. In Iowa, Republicans are not going to be, or Democrats are not going to be helped in their primary. 
nor will they be helped in Mississippi, nor will they be helped in Montana. And uh, there's a great battle in New Jersey, and there's a great battle in New Mexico between the far left and the left in that country, or in that country, in that state. Um, The Democrats are looking to be in dangerous ground here. They're kind of freaked out about it. Harry Hinton on CNN. If you're a Republican running for re-election or trying to unseat a Democrat, things are looking pretty good, right? I would say they're looking very good from a historical context. So basically, I took the best Republican positions on the generic congressional ballot at this point in midterm cycles since 1938. That generic ballot basically is, uh, would you vote for the generic Republican or generic Democrat in your district? And guess what? Since 1938, the Republican two-point lead on the generic congressional ballot is the best position for Republicans at this point in any midterm cycle in over 80 years. In over 80 years. Doom is on the horizon for the Democrats. Doom. Real doom. Destruction. Despair. Gloom and doom. It's not good for the Democrats out there. They don't seem to understand, or maybe they do. Maybe they have an increasing sense of just how bad it is for them out there. And yet, they are incapable of responding. They're incapable of fixing their problems. Now, why are they incapable? This is very important. Why are they incapable? They are incapable of fixing the situation because they are now held hostage by members of the far left. They are held hostage in a way in which they can't get out of it. Their donors and their base depend on them taking extreme positions on the environment, on spending, on a whole host of social issues, and the American public has turned on them as a result. This will happen one day to the Republicans, just like in 2018, it'll happen to the Republicans, but now it's the Democrats' turn, and we get to watch them panic, and they're starting to panic in real time. There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing. And I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use. And now I've got them as an advertiser. If you're a SoFi user, uh, my gosh, you get all sorts of options, great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. Uh, More importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, um, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do the deep dive research if I need to and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, You can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You can even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, you can also explore crypto. They've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. But more importantly, they've got the number one ranked automated investment tool, their robo-advisor. It takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi. Y'all, I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it, and I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Eric to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SOFI.com slash Eric. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA. Hello there. 
It's Eric. I I gotta tell you something. Um, I was going to send out a recipe tomorrow for the quesadillas I made recently, and I've had uh, a number of people who have told me if I don't instead send out my onion ring recipe that I put up this weekend that I made uh, that they're going to storm the station and and take me prisoner until I give up uh, the magic ingredients for my onion ring recipe. Y'all, I know how to make an onion ring. Now, all of you should love onion rings. I love onion rings. And not only do I love onion rings, I actually make the best onion rings uh, on planet earth. And they're very easy to make. Um, And the trick is in putting some baking powder in your all-purpose flour, uh, among other things, and an egg with the buttermilk. But I make fantastic onion rings, crispy onion rings. And so tomorrow... I'm going to send out the onion ring recipe for my own safety and your well-being and happiness. What you do is text the word recipe to 33777 and you will get uh, subscribe. And in your email inbox sometime after noon tomorrow, you will get the recipe for the onion rings. Uh, Not all of you care about these recipes, I realize. But those of you who do care, care passionately. So I will take care of you. Now. We must move on. I digress. Uh, Dave Weigel has been suspended at the Washington Post. Someone on Twitter put up a joke. I laughed when I heard the joke. A lot of people did not. Uh, The person who put up the joke, his name was Cam Harless. I don't know anything about this person. And he put up the joke, and the joke was, every girl is bi. You just have to figure out if it's polar or sexual. You may not find it funny. I kind of thought it was funny. Dave Weigel retweeted it. Dave Weigel happens to be a reporter for the Washington Post. And the women folk at the Washington Post went absolutely nuts that Dave Weigel, on his personal Twitter account, retweeted that joke. Now, you should know Dave Weigel untweeted it and apologized for it and apologized if he offended anyone. I don't think he needed to apologize, but he felt the need to apologize, and he did. He did exactly what you would expect when you offend someone. You say, look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend anyone. I have I have deleted my tweet. The Washington Post has suspended him without pay until July because uh, several reporters complained, one of whom, a name is Felicia Sonmez. Uh, the woman seems to be a complete nutter. She sued the Washington Post before, uh, and the Washington Post essentially has had to suspend Dave Weigel, otherwise she would accuse them, more likely than not, of creating a hostile work environment. She's gone after several other male employees as well. Uh, the woman lost her mind, and Dave Weigel, all he did was tweet a joke has now been suspended. Uh, This shows you the unseriousness of the Washington Post. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson. Yes, you can be on the program, 877-973-7425. Let's go to the phones. Waiting patiently out there. Adam, welcome to the program. Hello. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for the uh, bread pudding recipe, by the way. Oh, you're more than welcome. My question today is, uh, can you kind of give me an update uh, and some education on John Durham? Uh, Who commissioned him to do this? And now that we're getting close to the meat, why aren't the Democrats just pulling the plug on this investigation? 
Uh, that's a great question. So John Durham is the, um, he was a U.S. attorney in Connecticut, highly respected, by the way. Uh, Democrats and Republicans alike have respected him. In fact, the uh, Democratic senators are the ones who had encouraged um, Donald Trump to leave him or put him in as the U.S. attorney in Connecticut. So he was then, towards the end of the Trump administration, he was uh, asked by Bill Barr, the attorney general under Donald Trump, to begin an investigation into the origins of the Steele dossier. And it... um, they wanted to find out where did all the lies come about the Russia stuff, in large part because the Mueller investigation found that it was a Democratic hit job. So Durham's uh, semi-annual budget is $2 million every six months Congress is giving. And the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, has not wanted to pull the plug on it, in large part because it allows him some cover to say he's not the partisan hack operating at behest of Barack Obama, or at the, excuse me, behest of Donald, uh, Joe Biden. So by leaving Durham alone, he's not doing anything. And also, um, everything's falling apart. Uh, The further you go into the case and the further you go into the, uh, the 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 data it doesn't appear that um, a lot of the things that Durham is finding are crimes they're dirty tricks for sure they're political dirty tricks but it doesn't appear so much that there are a bunch of crimes in fact the jury has found one person uh, not guilty so far uh, there's a 39 page five count indictment of uh, one person that it seems unlikely to ever go before a jury because of uh, ties to Russians. Um, The the person is out of the country. It doesn't appear to be coming. Uh, There's also um, the uh, Igor Dushinko. He's the Russian-born foreign policy researcher. He's accused of repeatedly and intentionally feeding inaccurate information to the FBI uh, to help build the, and bolster the Steele dossier. It just appears that what Durham has uncovered is what we kind of already knew. There were a series of dirty tricks. Uh, it's dubious as to whether or not they're actually illegal. One person already found not guilty by jury. Uh, a lot of Republicans baffled that Durham went to trial with the evidence that he had. And it has allowed the Democrats to say, yes, there were dirty tricks. But no, there were there. There's no other there. There. I don't think what we're going to see is Merrick Garland shut it down. I think what we're going to see is its natural end. I I think what we're going to see is the that Durham himself wind down his investigation. Uh, we know now that a lot of the Christopher Steele dossier came from dirty tricks. We know now that it was Hillary Clinton's own campaign that helped fund it. We know now the incestuous ties between members of the media and the Clinton campaign when it came to this. And we know now that it's going to be hard for juries 
to convict. So probably need to move on. Um, there is an ongoing obsession of people who feel genuinely victimized on behalf of Donald Trump for what happened in 2016. They want to see it move forward. Uh, but there doesn't appear to be prosecutorial issues involved. And at this point, we're kind of wasting taxpayer dollars. Now, that's my take on it. I need to move on to other stuff. Um, NBC News has a story. I want to read you part of the story from NBC News. I, I should apologize for even bringing up an NBC News story, but there's a relevant point to me bringing up the NBC News story. If I can get my link to open, I'm not sure I can. Let me go another way. Um, my computer suddenly wants to have issues when it comes to NBC News. Uh, but there was a high school graduation. A local story. If ever there was a local story, it is the local story of an uneventful high school graduation. Let me read you. This is by Jay Vale. A high school graduation speech telling students to choose a spouse based on biblical principles is sparking outrage online. According to Jay Vale at NBC News, alumnus Jim McGuire said in a commencement address at River Valley High School in Caledonia, Ohio, choose a spouse, I suggest. I also strongly suggest to make sure to choose biblical principles, you know, a male with a female and a female with a male. Caledonia is an hour north of Columbus. It has a population of 560 people. Alexis Osipow, a 2018 River Valley graduate who was at the ceremony to support his younger sister, told the local newspaper, the Marion Star, when he made the comment that marriage should only be between a man and a woman, my jaw dropped to the floor. I thought I was hearing it wrong. I had to look around and see if other people were having the same reaction that I was, and they were. I felt like crying when I heard some people in the crowd clapping, but I was absolutely outraged. And so were my parents and my brother. I heard people behind me whispering how inappropriate it was. Mr. McGuire is a very senior citizen. He's a business owner. He's on the Marion County Board of Developmental Disabilities. He said his speech was not anti-anything. There was not a negative word or statement in speech to anyone or any organization. Being positive is who I am. The school administration said they did not review the speech. He was not speaking as an official representative. Jay Vale writes for NBC Out. It's their gay outlet. Why is this a national news story? This is a town of 560 people, 580 people. It's a man who is an elderly senior citizen who does good in the community, who works with people with dis, uh, disabilities, developmental disabilities. And he just was giving advice to high school graduates at a small high school saying, um, Mary, according to biblical principle, you can disagree with that. A lot of people do disagree with that. But how is this a national news story? I'm reminded of the uh, abortion doctor in Philadelphia 
Kermit Gosnell, I believe it was, who was committing heinous acts, uh, induced a pregnancy on one woman in a toilet. The baby drowned. That was his abortion. When the Washington Post was asked why you're not covering this abortion story, they said it was a local crime story in Philadelphia. It didn't involve the Washington Post. But this is a town of 580 in an hour outside of Columbus, Ohio. And this man, Mr. McGuire, is now being harassed and vilified for giving a graduation speech to a local high school. Why is this a national story other than to harass and bully and hate on Christians. That's it. It's the only reason this story is out there. It is by aggressive activists in the press who wish to hate a Christian senior citizen. The five Tampa Bay Rays players who refused to wear a gay pride logo on their uniforms because of their religious beliefs were declared bigots by Sarah Spain on ESPN. Bigots, she said. This is what tends to happen when frivolous class isn't affected by things. That religious exemption BS is used in sports and otherwise also allows for people to be denied health care, jobs, apartments, children, prescriptions, all sorts of things. We have to stop tiptoeing around it because they're trying to protect people who are trying to be bigoted about asking for them to be exempt from it when the very people they are bigoted against are suffering the consequences you say trying to be bigoted. Bigot, bigot, bigot. You're a bigot. If, you, if you're trying to live your life based on your values, you're a bigot. Sarah Spain and ESPN want you to know that. You're a bigot because you're a Christian. NASCAR has bent the knee to the alphabet gang. Major League Baseball is in hot water because they allowed a group of Christians to not have to bend the knee to the alphabet gang. And now NBC News is driving hate towards an elderly man in Ohio in a town of 580 people for giving a high school speech. These people hate your guts. Progressive activists hate your guts. And members of the media overwhelmingly hate your guts. Sarah Spain at ESPN hates your guts. ESPN hates your guts. ESPN is run by Disney. Disney hates your guts. Progressives in corporate America and in the media, they hate your guts. If you're a person of faith living your life by your faith tenets, leaving everybody else alone, just living your life, they hate your guts. The culturally lead in this country hate your guts. They hate middle America. They do not like you. You are polluters who drive gas cars. You pollute. You emit carbon dioxide when you exhale. You eat too much beef. You are an unhealthy people and you have too many guns. They hate you. Is it any wonder that so much of America has tuned out the cultural elite? Is it any wonder so many Americans have tuned out the press and the TV? Is it any wonder that so many Americans are more and more engaged in tribal behavior and tribal community and tribal entertainment because they know that the cultural elite in this country hate them. You used to in the 70s and 80s, you kind of sense these people are of the left, but they don't hate me. They're still willing to entertain me. They're not even willing to entertain you anymore. They want to refer to you as bigots on sports broadcasting because five players who are practicing faithful Christians, and notice they would never say this about a Muslim. They're not going to call the Muslim player the bigot. Just the Christians. If a Muslim gave a, a, a speech at a graduation ceremony and told you to live by the tenets of Islam, 
they would say nothing. There would be no hate steered his way. But for a man in his late 60s or 70s to tell a group of high school kids in a small town to live according to biblical principles, man marries a woman and a woman marries a man, use the Bible to find your partner, well, he's a hateful bigot who has to now be destroyed because tolerance for everyone except for the people of faith. Archbishop Chaput of Philadelphia is a great quote. Evil preaches tolerance until it is dominant, and then it seeks to silence good. We are seeing that on display in the United States of America, most especially in the American media, even in our sports broadcast now. They intend to silence and punish any dissent from their cultural values. And anyone who has values different from them is a hateful bigot who must be silenced, shamed, shunned, harassed, and punished. You will be made to care. Now we got to clear the air. And the easiest way to do that is with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You can get three of them for less than $200 by going to EdenPureDeals.com. EdenPureDeals.com. And when you do that, in fact, I'm going to do it for you. It's been a while since I've been to the website because I've already got mine. I don't need to keep going and buying more. I've got three of them. Uh, Eden Pure, you're greeted on the website, radio and podcast. Welcome listeners. Enter your host code word. It is Eric3 here, E-R-I-C-K-3. You click submit and success, it says, and you get the Eden Pure Oxyleaf 2 Thunderstorm 3-pack. You you know, normal price is $387, but you're going to save $200 and you're going to get all three of them for less than $200. You're going to even get free shipping with this. So you're saving $200, you're getting them for less than $200, and you're getting three of them. One for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your basement or your attic or your RV, or I keep one in my suitcase when I travel with it. I use it in the kitchen to eliminate the fry odors. It just works. It's good. It wipes out odors. It gets rid of the dust, the mildew, the mold, the pollen floating in the air. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code again, Eric3, E-R-I-C-K-3. Go to EdenPureDeals.com today. Use the discount code Eric3. Get three of these and clean the air in your house. This is the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, they can help your business grow. If you need $750,000 or more in loans, reach out to them. Tell them I sent you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. They can help you nationwide. Businesses only. Firstlibertyga.com. I am encouraged by some news. CNN's new boss, Chris Licht is evaluating whether personalities and programming that grew polarizing during the Trump era can adapt to the network's new priority to be less partisan. If you're a regular listener of this program, you know I'm a fan of CNN. I I got my TV start at CNN. I was there for three years, and then I was at Fox for five years. And frankly, I would have stayed at CNN, except uh, I was leaving as Jeff Zucker was coming in, and they were unwilling to... Um, to put in writing that they would not can me or punish me for things I said on radio. And I did not want them at the time to uh, come after me because of because uh, it happened repeatedly and I was getting exhausted of left-wing organized campaigns and there really wasn't a lot of internal support. The, the network internally, institutionally, at the staff level has a lot of people who lean to the left. And a lot of the reporters know it and they were emboldened by Jeff Zucker to stay left. And the result is the network fell into third place. 
And instead of competing for the news, they have competed against MSNBC to be uh, the left's favorite network. And Chris Lick, uh, the new guy who replaced Zucker, has come in and the mission is to get him back to hard news. So they've dropped the breaking news banner. Uh, not everything will be breaking news. They will restrict how they use it. That's a good thing. They're also now going to encourage their producers and bookers to, to get people on regardless of outrage on social media. So, for example, when I was at CNN, uh, if I said the sky was blue, you could guarantee that Media Matters was going to come after me and CNN for saying the sky was blue. Came after me all the time for stuff. Uh, there was one moment I, I, I made a comment on Twitter that Media Matters and left-wing groups blew up, and it was a comment I had made in front of a group of people at CNN, all of whom agreed with the comment. But when I said it on Twitter, uh, they nearly suspended me. They wound up not, but they came very close to doing so. Even though even the people who were involved in the decision-making process had agreed with me behind the scenes. I was very, very frustrated. I, I, I felt like a couple of people had my back, but too often I was constantly having to fight uh, just to keep my job when people on the left were not uh, and did not have to. It's nice to know that Licht is coming in and wants to try to move them back to news. This is from Axios. For on-air talent, that includes engaging, respectful interviews that don't feel like PR stunts. He wants to give personalities that may appear polarizing a chance to prove they're willing to uphold the network's values so they don't tarnish the journalism brand. Uh, so they got to make programming decisions that are focused on nuance, not noise. Uh, to conservative critics, Jim Acosta, Brian Stelter, I would add Don Lemon in there, have become the face of the network's liberal shift, and he wants to try to do real news. Competition is good, and if CNN can compete by providing quality news, I'll watch them. I mean, they do better global news than any other American news network. Um, the Fox News needs competition, and they don't have competition. If CNN's willing to compete on the hard news aspect of the news gathering, that's going to be good for Fox, good for CNN, good for everyone else, and so good for Chris Lick for taking CNN in this direction if they can actually pull it off and actually commit to doing it.